Hello and welcome back officially to Tani Talks Radio, brought to you by Sheer Enjoyment Radio, powered by Radio.co. SheerEnjoyment.com is the premier website for quality Torah content, for quality Rabbanim and speakers with excellent, excellent content. Check out their website, SheerEnjoyment.com. This is Sheer Enjoyment Radio. This is Tani Talks Radio, brought to you by Sheer Enjoyment Radio, powered by Radio.co, the easiest way to make an internet radio station. And when I say easiest, I mean easiest and they also help you make an app for the iphone store the apple store and for the google store the play store it's really cool they work hand in hand with you it takes a lot of work but it is a wonderful wonderful product and this show on this show we talk a topic per week per session for the audience members to keep in a radio style format, you're always welcome to call in at 520-453-8302. 520-453-8302 is our dedicated line for the, the session every week usually. You could also email us at sheerenjoymentradio at gmail.com with questions, comments, suggestions, or the like. If you have a topic you'd like us to talk about, no problem. We're happy to take it. Every week we're looking to talk about a different topic. And we're happy to take it into account. Again, you can listen to us on the Tani Talks podcast. It's not just this show. We try to do five shows. Blin Edir, Mitzvahem, Blin Har throughout the week. The radio show, of course, Monday nights live at 8.30 Eastern Time. We also have the Parsha show, which is five to ten minutes once a week. We have the Daf show, about one to three minutes on the Daf throughout the week. The Pirkei Elva show is about five to ten minutes per Mishnah. And the OT show, five to ten minutes usually per episode. Those are on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, Gidpod, Google, and the like. Just look up Tani Talks This, Tani Talks That. That's the heading usually of the show under the Tani Talks Podcast Forum. And you could join our WhatsApp group as well. If you'd like to join, we send out the recording straight to your inbox of your WhatsApp of your phone throughout the week. You can email me at MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com in order to find that as well. So obviously, as a pediatric occupational therapist, we're very heavy into the fine motor, into the skills that we need to see in the classroom, that we need to see in the children for them to be able to succeed. We want them to be as independent as possible. We want them to be as functional as possible in the educational format, in the educational forum. So one of the major things that I work on for a child, especially in gen ed. I work in general education. We talked about this the other week, the big difference in the DOE and working for the city. You have special ed where it's school that is District 75 located throughout the boroughs. We have different conditions, different type of disabilities abilities and difficulties we work with. But in the gen ed system, of course, there's still people, still kids that need help, whether they're in a regular classroom or whether they're in an integrated co-teaching model of a classroom ICT with a special ed teacher and a regular teacher, or they're in a self-contained class where it's 12 to 1 to 1 and they need a little more assistance. The major goal the major overarching thing that oftentimes we're working for for kids is the handwriting. So, of course, when it comes to handwriting, I'm a big fan of writing itself. And there are multiple, multiple benefits to writing itself. Not just if you're a writer or an author like my wife herself, but even for the rest of us, writing is a wonderful thing to do. And we're going to prove it. We're going to talk about why all the benefits, many of the benefits involved. But from an OT perspective, from a fine motor perspective, we need writing to be incorporated into the life. Writing is a is a fundamental aspect. You know, in the olden days, many people were illiterate. When many people were not able to write, not able to read, and there was a huge hindrance in society in their life, and they were 
basically held back from many aspects of life. So early on in life, we want children to write. We want them to read. Reading and writing are two of the most crucial, fundamental building block elements for a kid in general. One of the major goals that we work on for kids is talking about the right size of the letters, talking about the right form of the letters, talking about the right aspect of the letters that is is it made in a legible fashion, do they have that form, that size, the space of the letters and the words, and is there good line regard? Do they actually write on the lines, or is it all over the place? Many times throughout the years, we've been working seven plus years with kids, think on. A lot of times we see that it isn't good in these aspects, missing the size or the space or the form or the line regard. And usually that's a goal we write for the IEP, the Individualized Educational Program for the kid that's annually checked on in gen- in special edits, more benchmarks of short-term goals that lead up to the long-term yearly goal. But we want it to be that they have one to two sentences, four to five words, starting at K to one to two, and then we move up to two to three sentences, three to four sentences, and then a paragraph, and sometimes one to two paragraphs with the four or more lines with that good size, space, line, and form. So if that's a goal... In general, for kids in the system, for me as an occupational therapist, as a pediatric occupational therapist, then writing itself obviously is crucial and fundamental. How do we get kids to want to write? Why should they want to write? Why should they be involved in writing? And why should they write this? Why does writing actually rock? So Great Power Learning points out, greatpowerlearning.com, that even in the age of technology, there are still plenty of times when putting a pen to a paper or a pencil to a paper is needed. Actually, throughout college and grad school, I always would go back and forth, which is the best one to write with? Some people would write with their laptops. I never liked that. Some people would write with their tablets and with their with their um their 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 instruments on the tablets or their instruments on the the iPad or on the computer. I didn't like that. I talk a whole episode about this why writing is much better. We're going to talk about that here also. But many times the actual pen and the paper, the pencil and the paper is needed. I personally like pencil a lot better because you could erase, but then the problem is it smudges. I wish they made uh, pencils that didn't actually smudge. I don't think they're there yet. But when you close and open and close and open the book and you move the paper around, it's going to smudge. Pen doesn't smudge as much, but obviously it can't erase even though they have erasable pens. But a lot of times you need that pen to the paper. What are some examples of this, such as when writing an essay portion of an exam? Even though they have online exams, my board exam actually for OT was a computer experience, probably one of the most difficult experiences of a test that I've ever had. You couldn't even go to the bathroom without losing time. They give you four hours for like 150 multiple choice questions and then two case scenarios with like 18 parts. Not true to task. I don't remember exactly how much it was, but it was four hours and literally... You can't breathe, you can't eat, you can't move, you can't do anything. If you wear a keeper, they got to check the keeper. You can't wear a sweatshirt. You can't bring in any notes. It's blank paper. So everything you memorize and everything you study for three years in school and for how many months for studying for the boards, how does that come about? Whatever you could do, you come to the table and you have the pen and the paper. And, of course, the pen and the paper, you write it down. So I remember 
you know, in the first two minutes, writing down some things that, that were very important, like the cranial nerves, oh, 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 to touch and feel, very good velvet, ah, I still remember the acronym, it was a great acronym, and different other things like the innervations and where the muscles start and end, wrote some things down on the scrap paper, but that itself was a very, very difficult test. But in general, throughout college and throughout grad school, oftentimes it was paper and pencil tests. I like those tests a lot better, happens to be. I find that you could actually write things out and try to... You know, do the work, do the math involved. I had a math a math course once for undergrad that was needed to get into grad school. I took it on the same campus as my grad school, took that math class, and was writing all over the paper. I can't imagine what that test would have been like if it was computer-based. So the board was computer-based, and some of our tests throughout grad school were computer-based, but was a big fan when they were paper-based. And in college, basically everything if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure that everything, midterms and finals, were paper-based. They would give us an essay booklet, whether it was a Judaics class or whether it was an English class, and that was writing. And I used to take up so many pages. I remember an art class where we had to identify pictures and then write a, a compared contrast. You know, I remember his, I think it was Professor John, something like that. And it was a very good class, happened to be a very interesting class, but he gave us two booklets, and the whole final was based on just like two compare and contrast essays and identifying maybe 30 pictures in like a two to three hour exam. But again, paper and pencil. A lot of people like computer tests. I happen to not. I think the experience of writing on the paper, there's nothing like it. You could jot down the notes and you could try to, you know, mix and match things, especially multiple choice or, 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 um, true or false or matching, it needs to be a pen and paper for me. It just makes a lot more sense. So a lot of times an essay portion of an exam or an exam itself might be putting the pen to the paper. But it turns out writing isn't just required for school. Writing is an activity that has been shown to have numerous benefits to the brain and to the body. When journaling thoughts, chronicling the day, attempting poetry, poetry, or starting a novel, or writing articles like my wife does, old-fashioned pen and paper, and she's working on a novel for years now, so look out for that, God willing, one day. When you have the old-fashioned pen and the paper, you know, sitting down, really has an immense impact on an emotional well-being, helping students and people organize their thoughts and even improve their moods. I myself am guilty of this. You know, oftentimes I'll pull up the notes app on my MacBook computer, my work computer slash regular computer, and on my iPhone. I love the notes app, but really writing it down on paper and pencil would be much better. Turns out when it comes to writing notes, actually, when I'm in the school and seeing kids online, I, I usually like write the notes on a paper and pencil anyway, happens to be because I like that a lot better. But jotting not notes down actually would be better on a pen and paper. So you got to practice what you preach, right? So really it would be better for me to write it on a paper as well. But there are many benefits to the brain and to the body. So when you're journaling your thoughts, you're writing things down, you're thinking of things, thinking of items, make sure you have a pen and a paper handy because there are many benefits involved. Despite being viewed as an old-fashioned activity by some youngsters, some youth, writing by hand is still considered a valuable skill that has many cognitive benefits both in and out of the classroom. There are many benefits of writing by hand. For example, stress relief. The act of writing itself and journaling itself, by the way, writing down your emotions and your feelings besides for any song lyrics or, or book ideas or article ideas or any notes you have, the act of writing itself can reduce stress, which helps improve focus and attention in and out of the classroom. It improves the focus and improves the tension and allows you to be better attuned to your environment. 
It also has a benefit in the realm of creativity. Making writing a regular habit has been shown to increase creativity and deepen thinking, keeping the brain sharp. It also can improve memory. Writing by hand, by the way, that's why they talk about keeping the brain sharp. Why? Doing sudokus and crossword puzzles and word finds. Why? Can't you do them on the computer? Can't you do them on the tablet? No, it's not the same as doing it by hand. By doing it by pencil and paper is a better way because it literally has cognitive benefits. Writing by hand is also shown to increase memory and retention. The act of putting the pen to the paper or the pencil to the paper activates areas of the brain that helps a student or a person increase their comprehension. It also involves more senses and motor neurons than when typing on a keyboard. So oftentimes our teachers in school, we used to think that they were cruel or unusual or annoying or difficult. Write this down. Make sure you write this down. It's going to be on the test. Write it down. Why are they always telling us to write it down? And teachers, my wife is a teacher, and those of us who are in the education system, write this down. Make sure to write it down. Why are we always telling people to write it down? Because we get the senses and the motor neurons involved more than when you type on a keyboard. There are many people in grad school and college that would take notes by keyboard. But I feel like those of us, including myself, who would take notes by hand, even though it was much harder, much more difficult, much more labor-intensive, and I probably didn't get as many words as everyone else did, it's still much better to take notes by hand. Also, there's benefits to feelings. Writing about feelings can improve mood and give a sense of well-being. Putting the pen to the page helps flesh thoughts out in an orderly manner, leading to burdens feeling lighter. It also has benefits for gratitude. Some studies show that writing about being grateful, especially before bed, what are you grateful for today? What good happened today? What did you good what did you do that was good today? What positive impact did you have on the world? What positivity did you see in the world? Especially right before bed. Judaism already thought of this centuries ago, you know, in the Hamapa prayer, which some people say you know, we talk about like what happened that day and that we forgive anyone that affected us right before bed so that Hashem, God, will keep in mind us and forgive us for anything and put positivity in the world. So it's interesting that Judaism really thought of this way before, right before bed. Putting the feelings and the gratitude in the mindset, having a grateful mindset is good, especially for poor, before bed, especially for writing, can help improve your sleep, which leads to better performance in and outside the classroom, as well as an overall sense of well-being. So take advantage of these many great skills. Put the keyboard away and grab that pen and paper. There are many, many journal books out there, by the way, that are really cute, really awesome, and really helpful. You could find a journal for anyone out there, the coffee lover, the movie lover, the, the novel lover, the teacher, the wife, the mom, the husband, the father, the many, many, many writing books out there. You can find a journal basically about anything, and it could be a way to get you to want to write things down. I'm sure they have podcaster books too. There's a book for everyone, a journal for everyone. It doesn't matter what is being written so long as people take advantage of the benefits that writing notes by hand provide. It may be an old school skill, but it's particularly relevant even today. Get that writing going and keep that writing up. SparringMind.com points out, S-P-A-R-R-I-N-G-M-I-N-D.com points out, writing makes you happier. Much of the research on writing and happiness deals with expressive writing or jotting down what you think and how you feel. I want to express myself on the paper. Do you know I was in traffic the other day for four hours. I was furious. I was so mad. The drivers were so... This is not me. I'm 
I'm talking about a random situation, a random occurrence. I was so mad. I was so angry on the road. And this guy next to me was honking. And this guy was cursing out the other one. And this one was gesturing. And this one was cutting them off. No one had any manners. It was road rage all over the place. I was furious. So in the moment, we can't do much unless you have a journal in your car, which would be great. Maybe have a journal in the car, at the house, at the work. Have free journals. Take it with you wherever you could go. And that's an easy way to let off the steam. It definitely can help to express yourself on the paper. Writing writing it down can quantify exactly how you're feeling, exactly what you're feeling, and could put some of that feeling, some of that emotion onto the paper to relieve you of those feelings. Write down how you feel. Even blogging undoubtedly affords similar benefits to private expressive writing in terms of therapeutic value. Expressive writing has also been linked to improve mood, improved mood, well-being, and reduced stress levels for those who do it regularly. Says Adam Grant, research by Laura King shows that writing about achieving future goals and dreams can make people happier and healthier. My goal by 2030, for example, would be to reach thousands of people, to help thousands of people through all of these podcasts, to be able to help the world at large by so-and-so way. My goal is to be able to have Find Five I'll publish in many papers and make a book, yada, yada. These are personal goals of mine, but you can write down any goals that you have in order to help people. My goal is for thousands of people to listen to an episode, hundreds of people to be live, time on the radio, to realize a dream. Whatever dream, whatever goal, whatever mission you have in life, you could write it down on the paper. And then every couple of weeks, every couple of months, every couple of years, go back to those goals and look at the goals and see where it has been. In 2018, I could have written and I should have written down, you know, by 2022, I would love to see X happen. I would love to be live on the radio. Check. I would love to see this show have a few seasons. Check. This show have a couple of seasons. Check. You know, you write it down and you could come back to it every couple of months, every couple of years, and you could see how you are doing in terms of your dreams and your goals. When you write it down and you could see about it, writing those goals that you want to achieve in the future can make people happier and healthier. And people have found, studies have found that when people are doing stressful fundraising jobs and they keep a journal for a few days about how their work made a difference, they increase their hourly effort by 29% over the next two weeks. Oftentimes, personally, I will think, I don't know how many people listen. I don't know how many people are affected. I don't know how many people can be impacted. It's a very hard thing to speak into the cybersphere and not know what's going on. It's also a hard thing for my wife, for example, to write and not know if anyone saw it, if anyone responded to it, if it helped anyone, affected anyone. So anytime we get a comment, if she gets one comment from a person or I get a comment, it's super life-changingly helpful. It's super awesome and receptive, and it's really great. Anytime you want to give a comment, maximumtee at yahoo.com, shameless plug. But when we hear receptivity in life, when we see things and we can hear things, we know it can make us feel like we're doing a good job. But if you yourself can write down what you're doing, how you're helping, and how you believe you're making a difference, you yourself can make yourself more productive. These people who went fundraising and kept the journal and they saw how much money they raised and they saw how many articles they published, how many people read it, how many people listen, how many listens. If you keep a tab and a tally, which maybe I should do for myself, playing editor, they, you can increase your own effort, you can increase your own comprehension, your, your own recognition, and your own self-worth by 29% for these people, how much more so for the rest of us over those next two weeks. They went for a week, for a few days, and they showed how much they made a difference. They already had almost 30% productivity over the next two weeks. 
Sparring Mind also points out how writing can help you clarify your thinking. Laziness with words creates difficulty in describing feelings, sharing experiences, and communicating with others. Being able to flesh out thoughts in your mind only to have them come stumbling out when you speak is supremely frustrating. Fortunately, regular writing seems to offer some reprieve. In Richard Langham's book, Revising Prose, he shares that one of the most important benefits of clear writing is making sure you're actually saying something. The cost of confusing someone else with unclear prose is high, but what about the cost of confusing yourself? An added benefit in both emotional intelligence and in hard sciences like mathematics, writing has been shown to help people communicate highly complex ideas more effectively. So writing helps eliminate that it sounded good in my head by forcing your hand on the paper. So it sounded really good in my head to say X, Y, or Z, but when I said it out loud, it really sounded bad. Or when I wrote it down, I saw what it can actually sound like. Writing can also help you handle hard times, Sparring Mind points out. In one study that followed recently fired engineers, the researchers found that those engineers who consistently engaged with expressive writing were able to find another job faster. By writing it down, they're able to find another job faster. According to Adam Grant, the engineers who wrote down their thoughts and feelings about losing their jobs reported feeling less anger and hostility toward their former employer. They also reported drinking less and probably using more functional and conducive means for letting out the stress. Eight months later, less than 19% of the engineers in the control groups were re-employed full-time, compared with more than 52%, more than half, of the engineers in the expressive writing group. So by writing, more than half got back on their feet and back in the workforce. Older research also shows that writing about traumatic events, which I've known from such things, actually made the participants more depressed until about six months later when the emotional benefits started to stick and writing outweighed the difficulty involved in reliving the event. One participant noted, Although I have not talked with anyone about what I wrote, I was finally able to deal with it, work through the pain instead of trying to block it out. Now it doesn't hurt to think about it. It seems that timing is critical for expressive writing to have an impact. Forcing the process to happen may only worsen things, but if writing is an activity that is engaged in naturally, the benefits seem clear. We talked about this before, but it's, it behooves us to mention again, writing makes you feel more grateful. As the authors of one study noted, subjects who reflected on the good things in their life once a week, halavai, how much more so, once a day, at nighttime before bed, by writing them down were more positive and motivated about their current situations and their futures. The catch was that the benefits were minimal when they wrote about them every day. But still, it's good to mention and write down every day. I would still say every day is ideal, but at least once a week. This makes sense. Any activity can feel disingenuous and just plain boring if done too often. So you got to go about it in a creative way. Maybe one day you write one thing that happened that day, one day the, uh, one funny story that happened, one thing, one good quote you heard, whatever you could do, one grateful thing. It doesn't have to be the same every day to keep it exciting and different. It seems like the key is to reflect and write about gratitude regularly, but not begrudgingly often. Sparring Line also points out how writing helps you close out your mental tabs. I'm very guilty of this. How many internet tabs do you have at once? On your iPhone, 
on your Android, on your computer, how many tabs do you have at once right now? On my computer, I have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 tabs. 19 tabs open on my browser. Some of them are work-related. Some of them are, in general, thinking about things for the house-related. Some of them are podcast-related and my email. But and one obviously is the radio, but that's a lot of tabs, 19 tabs, and some people have 30 or 40 on their phone. At a certain point, iPhone doesn't let you open up any more tabs anymore, and you max out. But, you know, there are a lot of tabs open on our technology, and in life, in our mind, a lot of times we have mental tabs, so many things happening at once, so many things over overjarring us at once. I can't tell you how overbearing and overwhelmed my wife and I feel Many times there's so many things to take care of at once. What am I going to juggle first? What am I going to tackle first? What am I going to do first? The day starts, I sit down, and I'm like, I want to read that day's folio from the Talmud, that Dafyomi. I want to... I want to check the Shtai Mikra. I want to do my recordings. I want to send out the video for the day for one of my jobs. I want to send out my luach for the day in the other job. I want to make sure that I, that I, uh, I do this or that. And am I going to eat? Am I going to drink? Half the times we skip breakfast and half the times I don't even get lunch. There's so many things to do at once. We have a lot of mental tabs going on. So it's very easy to have all these tabs. Have you ever had too many internet tabs open at once? Do you have 19 open as well? It is a madhouse of distraction. When there are too many tabs open at once in our brains, it's often the result of trying to mentally juggle too many thoughts at the same time. Too many thoughts going on at the same time. Writing gives form to your ideas and gets them out of your head, freeing up bandwidth in your head and preventing you from crashing your browser like a late night downward spiral on Wikipedia. Getting important ideas down alleviates the stress of losing your thoughts to time or an overcrowded mind any time. Hashem, God puts in me an idea for a song. I right away have to record it on the Voice Memo app, which is probably one of my favorite apps on iPhone. That's where I do all my recordings on that MacBook or the phone and all my all my guitar songs and whatnot if i don't record it right now it will be lost because we have overcrowded minds if you have an idea you have to write it down right away you have a tune write it down right away record it right away you know you have to keep it in mind we we started gathering over the years different tunes for the kids that my wife thinks of spontaneously that i think of if we don't record it we don't write it down we don't get it audio out there it will be lost our minds are too overcrowded if you archive the idea Oftentimes, you you won't feel inclined to not work on something just because you archived it, just because you put it with some notes or an outline. In fact, you're more likely to continue developing that idea since it has already been started. This is what I do oftentimes when Hashem, when God puts an idea in my mind for a song. That's what I call a WIP, a work in progress. I already know it's there. So at least something is recorded. At least I could come back to it and I could rehash it and, and try to go through it. Then you know you know that it could be fleshed out in the future and further thought about in the future. If all else fails, remember this joke from Mitch Hedberg. I sit at my I sit at my hotel at night. I think of something that's funny, then I go get a pen and I write it down. If the pen's too far away, I have to convince myself that what I thought ain't funny. Writing also, Sparring Mind points out, is a proven way to learn. Information often sticks better when it is learned as though it needs to be taught or rewritten in your own words. This concept of having a writer's ear never fully clicked 
until you start writing regularly. It can fully click once you start writing regularly. There's a certain discipline required to create interesting written work that demands the individual be receptive and focused on finding new sources of information, inspiration, and insight. You can read books, you can listen to podcasts, you can watch videos that you normally would put off in order to learn something new so that you can write about it later. Simply being a curator of good ideas encourages deeper thinking, research, and heading down the rabbit hole in order to find unique takes on topics that matter to you. Committing to creating a volume of work also allows you to tackle big ideas more effectively I will tell you, anytime I think of a topic for the week especially, I have to research it a little bit. I have to look it up a little bit. What are the effects of writing? What are the effects of reading, like we talked about last week? And God willing, I think we'll talk about music. What's the effect of playing music and listening to music? Maybe next week and the week after. But we have to look at the topic, research the topic, and think about the topic, and go down different places we wouldn't think about where we're going to find this whatever google says whatever we could find wikipedia different elements different aspects to find what we could talk about and think about writing about a certain topic for some time will allow you to build off of older thoughts utilizing what you've already written to develop ideas on a grander scale i'm sure many writers have written a paragraph that leads to an essay which leads to a series of articles which leads to a book and finally, from Sparring Mind, writing is leadership at scale. Though the world may now be drowning under the personal brand deluge, there are sincerely interesting opportunities that anyone can publish world brings about. Amazon allows us also self-publishing. The ability to leave an impact at scale through your words alone is an astounding concept. It's also the idea we talked about and we're going to talk about on the Parsha show. What's your legacy? What are you leaving behind after 120 years? You know, our bodies will be gone after 120 years, but anything you write, anything you speak, any song you have stays, stands the step, stands the test of time. Excuse me. You think about Elvis, who, who died many years ago, Lahavdil, Lahavdil, his music is out there. You think Lahavdil, Lahavdil of, uh, of Pimenta, he passed away years ago, but his music is out there. You can still listen to him. Any book that was published from the, the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, it's out there. It's still there. People are reading it. That stands the test of time. An article you publish now could be for years in the future. A song or a podcast hopefully stays in the, in the cybersphere for years to come. That is an astounding concept. You have the ability to leave an impact. It could be your legacy, not your biological legacy, but a spiritual legacy. There's a bit of a creative shock the first time someone emails you thanking you for the work you've put out and sharing how it has helped or influenced them. I tell you, an email or a comment or a text I get literally changes the whole day. And I'm sure for my wife, too. Speaking of her, yeah, but, you know, if you write an article and someone tells you this was a fantastic article, it gives a wonderful, wonderful feeling of what you've put out into the world. So getting that feedback really is awesome. Positive feedback for this leadership at scale leads to gratitude and further motivation for the writer itself. FastSileThings.com also points out there are different benefits to writing as well. And that's F-A-C-I-L-E-T-H-I-N-G-S dot com. If you write, you can communicate with clarity. Unlike talking, when you write, you look for more sophisticated words and expressions to describe what you have in mind. When you write things down, you have to describe what you have in mind. This helps you build a structure that will allow you to express yourself better, communicate complex ideas in a much more effective way. You have to figure out ways to get it to the paper. You can also eliminate stress in the same way as in GTD. You empty your mind 
you by capturing everything that comes to it in order to eliminate the stress that causes having many things hitting your head writing and developing your ideas produces an amplified effect since not only you take them out of your mind but also the whole process of rationalization that otherwise would abs- abstractly excuse me stay in there Writing allows you to be more productive as well. Writing activates the neurons in your brain, gets it ready to overcome the rest of the tasks. You can use it as a kind of warm-up at the beginning of the day. In addition, writing down your tasks with the appropriate words prepare you to carry them out properly. I write down that I have to do X, Y, Z, 1, 2, 3. Let's you get them out properly when you have it in an orderly fashion. It's also demonstrated that setting your goals in writing, we touched on this before, increases significantly the possibilities of achieving them. When you write, you learn more. Writing in your own words the information that you receive helps you assimilating and consolidating knowledge that otherwise you will forget soon. You also gain awareness of your reality. If you write down what you have in mind each day, what you expect to achieve and how you feel according to this, you won't need a psychologist to explain you who you are. You will... <coughs> excuse me. You'll realize yourself. Also, by writing, you make better decisions. When writing, you clear up your thoughts, and obviously, a clearer thinking allows you to make better choices. Writing allows you to be happier. You will be happier. It's an immediate consequence of the previous points. There's no need to write a public blog. A sort of personal journal is perfectly valid. You don't need TikTok. You don't need Twitter. You don't need Instagram. You don't need a blog or a vlog. You can write it down in your own journal, and that's perfectly fine. You could also live more focused by writing. If you constantly write about your thoughts, You will never get out of sight what you want to achieve, which your dreams are. You will overcome tough moments faster as well as a writer. There is some research that suggests that those that write about what is happening overcome tough moments quicker than those who don't. And you will have a a lot of written memories. If you write each day, you will have a historical record of your thoughts, probably something much more interesting in a way than a simple photo album. And who knows, maybe you can end up publishing a book as well. The art of writing also, unfortunately, is lost nowadays. The art of writing used to be the only means to correspond with others. Letters from the past are full of rich detail, stimulating conversation, and intellectual insight. Remember, for many hundreds of years, for some thousands of years, there was no TV. There was no movies. There was no radio. There was no... Can you imagine no radio? Radio is one of my favorite things. But there was no radio. There was no TV. There was no movies. There was no internet. There were no cell phones. There were no phones. There was no electricity. They didn't even always have plumbing and lighting and candles. It was a very difficult existence oftentimes. Medicine also was crazy. But this... What they had for many, many hundreds of years were letters, writing. Letters from the past are full of amazing detail, amazing conversation, intellectual insight. It didn't happen that it came overnight. Sometimes letters would take weeks to come, and anything you were talking about at that moment didn't really make sense like weeks later. If you're talking about Thanksgiving and they get it on New Year's, like it's kind of totally out of context because it would take a while. We often forget that people would write letters to loved ones and not receive anything back for months. For months. A ridiculous notion in this day and age of instant messaging and video conferencing doesn't really make sense to us. But consider how you would write a note if you had to capture all of your concerns in this moment for someone who would read them in the distant future. How does one keep the note relevant? The answer was to keep the note sincere and personal, not simple, not short. 
For all of our advantages, we have lost touch with the permanence that can come from writing. We talk in meetings, we send emails, we type texts that express ideas, but they do not stay. You can go to a museum and read the letters of poets and politicians long dead, but you can never be able to remember what yesterday's trending tweet was. We have lost, in a sense, a bit of ourselves when we stop licking stamps and making trips to the mailbox on a daily basis. Part of who we are does not go into our electronic messages, but we once poured ourselves into our letter. Romantics added a dab of perfume to hint a deeper love than what could be communicated by words. Even then, people knew that letters could not convey all they wished to share. Writing is good for all the reasons above, but you could add another one. Writing slows us down, takes us out of the loop, and sets us aside. The world is a rushing river, and taking the time to write, be it in a journal or only a few thoughts, is a brief respite on the river's shaded banks. So we oftentimes forget of the wonderful element of what writing did, especially back in the olden days. They didn't have all of these aspects. They only had writing, and it took weeks. It took months for the letter to reach another person. It didn't happen overnight. Even now, you send a letter, it takes a day, two or three days to come, but it comes to the person and it comes very quickly. In the olden days, it would literally take a very long time for the person to get that letter. So we lost touch of that, and it's hard to fathom the effect of letters. But it does remind me of an excellent, excellent show and movies, La Havda, La Havda, my wife and I love, probably the best I've seen throughout the years. It's a show from the Hallmark Channel called Signs Still Delivered. It's excellent. It's good family awesome show. It has some mystery elements, it has some detective elements, and it has good writing of the fact of the the written word. The idea of the show, as Wikipedia points out, Sign Seal Deliver, original title of Dead Letters, also known as The Lost Letter Mysteries, is an American-Canadian drama television series that aired on the Hallmark Channel from April through June 2014. It focuses on four postal workers who take it upon themselves to track down intended recipients of undeliverable mail, called the Dead Letter Office, the DLO. It is set in Denver, Colorado, but filmed mostly in the Vancouver area, which my wife and I always thought anyway. In 2013, in October, a two-hour movie started, and it was a rating-smashing success. It was number one television movie on its air date, and the number two movie for that week, and they went on to have at least six other movies. I think they did seven movies following one season of this of this series. They talked about how it transitioned to movies, television movies they made maybe seven or so. One was from this past year, and it follows the workers on these amazing journeys, basically. I wish Lahavdal they had a Jewish version, a Jewish edition, but this is an excellent show focusing on the power of the written word, the written letter. If you're ever wondering what to what to watch with your spouse, your spouse or your kids, and you want something that's not, you know, Every single time is the same exact thing. You know, a guy goes to a small town and has a festival and has a fair. It's a very, very good show. Very highly recommended. But this is the power of the written letter, power of the written word. And it shows these these beautiful stories and sometimes tragic stories, but sometimes wonderful stories. And oftentimes they find the person that the letter belonged to. They reunite people and they give people second chances. And really, really wonderful is the power of the written word, which oftentimes is really... Not there anymore nowadays, but excellent, excellent show. Lahavda, Lahavda, Lahavda. Even the Five Towns Jewish Times talked about this in a recent article in a recent magazine 
depiction from Malki Gordon Hirsch talks about unfortunately Lo Elena we should never know from such things she lost her husband she became a widower and she a widow and she didn't know where to find herself in life she was kind of lost in the shuffle she didn't know what to do with herself so she started writing down notes literally using the notes app like I do on the computer and I do on the phone and she started developing topics and developing things to talk about originally she talked about the struggle of being a widow and raising small children and, and moving to a different part of a life that she never wanted to know. Lo, Elena, we should never know such things. Any of us, we should all know from good things. But she talks about how she started writing. She just started it one day because she needed her feelings to go somewhere after losing a spouse. Little did I know, the author talks about at the time, that this actually was a potent and empirically valid form of therapy. In her therapeutic process, she would come to understand the idea of narrative externalization, taking the story out of the heart out of the nervous system, out of the memory, and expressing it onto some external media, cueing the own mind and body that it's safe to slowly start trying to process and release the pain. She writes her articles on her notes app on the iPhone or the MacBook because she doesn't want to feel intimidated or pressured into producing something people might enjoy reading. So the tooling away on the phone or computer that might look like she's texting friends or procrastinating is often the column that a person ends up reading. She's so unsure of how this happened that every week she wonders if this is the week it'll no, it'll no longer be something that people want to worth read. No longer worth something that people want to think that is worth reading. The good news is that anyone can learn to write. At first, it's shaky and uncertain, the new form of communication with self and potentially readers. As you go, the mode of expression becomes clearer and more confident. You start appreciating it more. It becomes a part of you, like a limb you can't imagine being without. In it, you find new insights, skills, personal growth, and a deeper understanding of who you are, what you want to be for others. Perhaps the best and most unexpected shift in the identity happened right there in the narrating of the story. But really, anybody could write it. Anybody could be involved in having such a story and having such an element. You just have to start by putting the paper to the pencil right away. Fullfocus.co points out, F-U-L-L-F-O-C-U-S dot C-O, a simple study conducted in 2015 had women aged 19 to 54 either handwrite, type on a keyboard, or use an iPad to write words. Those that had written by hand were significantly better at recalling the words they had written. Significantly better, that means more than 5%, according to empirical psychological research, the only difference in the study was the mode of writing, indicating that physically shaping words helps us to remember them. Haptic studies, which look at touch as a mode of communication, suggest that visual motor skills, and as OTs we firmly believe in this, are the reason for this phenomenon. Touch is an important sense. We think about the sensory systems as OTs. There are seven senses. You know, there's touch, taste, smell, hearing, and seeing seeing right and there's also vestibular which is the movement sense of the body and there's proprioceptive which is the joint sense body position feeling the limbs the joints but touch is an important sense and when we engage across multiple sensations we're better able to tie things together recall them later and in short learn the feel of a pen or pencil being delicately manipulated to produce the small scratches of ink or Lead that make up words on paper is far more tactile than fingertips pressed against the slabs of plastic, which is the number one argument I will say 
for writing on a paper versus typing on a tablet or even using one of those tablet pens, those Apple pencils or whatever. Not the same. Not the same. The screen is not the same as the paper. You literally feel the pencil scratching into the paper, the pen scratching into the paper, much more tactile from an OT perspective, much more sensory than the slabs of plastic. In a 2014 study, researchers confirmed that students learn better when they take notes on paper. The reason that the slower speed of handwriting forces students to consolidate and reword lectures, helping them to process and retain new information. When students who use laptops were asked to consolidate information in their note-taking, they still used more words and did not reap the benefits of the handwriting group. So the question is, write this? Does writing rock? Yes. Do write this. Why writing rocks? How lifeunfolds.com points out H O W L I F E U N F O L D S dot com how life unfolds, not everyone is willing to try writing as a primary supplementary approach to problem solving. Those who are, even when they are skeptical at first, almost always find writing to be a powerful and surprisingly accessible means to insight, healing, growth, and change. The handwritten personal journal might be one of the best selling products of all time of Amazon, making that up, has enjoyed a renaissance as a tool for problem-solving life management and creative expression. It's impossible to know how many journal writers there are. Journaling is, after all, usually a solitary act, but a popular brand of blank books is estimated to sell more than one million journals per year. One million! Considering that this number accounts for only one manufacturer of blank books and the majority of journal writers choose spiral notebooks or composition books, you choose which one works best for you, the number of potential journal writers out there is staggering. Of course, there are many reasons to journal other than emotional healing. We've talked about different benefits before, but to wrap it home, to bring it home, there are a few more benefits to think about. Writing by hand can make learning easier. Neuroscientists are strongly opposed to the decline in teaching penmanship. I, as an OT, am very against that. I don't know why cursive writing was taken out. We don't really work on it so much. Of course, there is handwriting without tears. There is handwriting without tears, penmanship, and cursive. But it seems like, especially in public schools, they take it out and they don't work on cursive writing at all, which is strange because your signature and script is a beautiful thing. And to sign documents, you're supposed to use script. So why take script out? Even though it's declining in teaching penmanship and cursive writing in public schools, when we write, a unique neural circuit is automatically activated, says Stanislas de Hain, a psychologist at the College de France in Paris. There is a core recognition of the gesture and the written word, a sort of recognition by mental stimulation in your brain, and it seems that this circuit is contributing in unique ways we didn't realize. Learn Learning is made easier. When we write, we learn faster, we learn easier. Also, full focus points out, also, how life unfolds points out, excuse me, writing by hand, besides for being able to make learning easier, it also can improve memory. We've touched on this before. A research study comparing college students who took notes on laptops and those who took notes by hand found that students remembered lectures better with the handwritten notes. It seems digital note-takers tend to transcribe a lecture rather than assimilate it. I will say, though, as a caveat, as a side point, when you have a lecture that you don't have the note-taking down to a science, and I had this problem in 
I believe, my History of the Crusades class. The problem was that the the lecture went straight for an hour and 15 minutes. Most classes I took in college and Yeshiva University in the city of Washington Heights, Judaics in the morning and, and the secular subjects in the afternoon. This class was an hour and 15 minutes. The problem was it went straight for an hour and 15 minutes. No breaks. She didn't breathe. She didn't take a breath. She didn't take a, a, a break at all. So how was I supposed to take notes when a person like this was going straight for an hour and 15 minutes. It was almost impossible to find a good way to take notes. So I had to try to transcribe every single word she said. That was not a good way. I don't believe that I actually assimilated the lecture. When I could find a way to shorthand the words, to shorthand the notes, to shorthand whatever they're speaking about, that would be a much more way to assimilate the lecture. If you're going to transcribe the lecture, every word, you're going to try to type every word, the hippocampus does this and you're going to write literally on your paper the hippocampus does if you could find a way to find how to transcribe the lecture to remember so instead just write hippocampus dot dot memory formation if that's correct i can't remember neuro was probably one of my hardest subjects in grad school for ot school but if i could remember that x does y or y does z rather than write down every single word that the, the professor said that would be better than just trying to write down word for word for word. We want to try to assimilate the information. We want to try to learn the information and to try to get it to stay with us. Manual note-taking requires discernment about ranking information according to its relative importance. The next thing I'm talking about will not be on the test. I'm not going to write it. The following thing will be on the test. I'm going to write it and underline it and star it and italicize it if I know how. We need to know about what to do for the information, to rank the information according to its relative importance, allowing the handwriters to remember core learning more readily. Writing in a journal by hand helps you achieve the maximum benefit of journaling. Anecdotal research as a journal therapist that someone points out suggests that clients who write by hand are much more likely to have positive attachment to their journals and sustain the practice longer than those who write digitally. The handwritten journal, which is portable and accessible, is what therapists call a constant presence, a constant companion. It is deemed by clients to be a more intimate, personal, relatable experience than writing on a phone app, which I do all the time, or a computer, which I do also all the time. Thus, the results tend to last longer and embed more deeply. Writing by hand can have similar benefits to meditation. In an article called The Simple Joy of Writing by Hand, Barbara Bash writes, It is something about the physical act, the holding of the hand, the holding of the pen that is meditative, bringing me into the present. Writing by hand can help enhance creative expression. According to British novelist John McGregor, pen and paper is always at hand. Writing on the page stays on the page with its scribbles and rewrites and long arrows suggesting a sentence or paragraph be moved and can be looked over and reconsidered. Writing on the screen is far more ephemeral. A sentence deleted can't be reconsidered. For decades... For many people, their own journals have been incubators for creative projects. Each time a person starts a new book, workshop, or business expansion, they can use their journal to work out questions, obstacles, details, procedural notes, and deadline management. You could also benefit from the safe container of your own self-doubts, uncertainties, frustrations, and other feelings that are part of the creative process. If you're not sure how to start... 
we're going to leave you with a couple of tips before we wrap up with a few more reasons why it is so good. There are some tips to get you with the way of writing on the way. Begin with the date. Dating your entries gives you a chronological timeline as well as allows you to note the space between journal entries. You can also begin to track cycles, patterns, and trends in your writing. People who journal often describe the rhythm and flow of handwriting with words, such as calming, soothing, and focusing. They report that insight and solutions are more readily accessed. Clients remark that answers bubble up and spill onto the page when they write by hand. How can I get this to be this? How can I get this to be that? What can I do for this? What can I do for that? When you write things down, it allows you to find solutions to any problems you may encounter. I might say, how can I get my shows to be more out there? How can I get Fivel to be more out there? Let me write down the steps, what I could do to get things done, to get things more into the sphere of the world. Also, start small. Set your timer for five minutes. Start with what you already know or can easily remember. Sentence stems such as, today I want to blank. Or, I'm thinking about blank. Or, three things I want off of my to-do list are blank. All are great starting points and all are great sentence stems to help you point it in the right direction. Also, a tip for writing, ask yourself a question. How do I feel? What do I need? What's my next action step? Questions tend to take us deeper, often into reflective or more emotional territory, contrasted to the narrative or more cognitive focus of sentence stems. Another tip to remember is even though I recommend writing every day, don't plan to write every day. Aside from your own personal preference, there's no particular advantage to daily writing, according to this author. Even writing once or twice a week is sufficient to develop a journaling habit, and you'll likely benefit from a more relaxed approach. Make sure to also protect your privacy. Think through where you'll keep your journal so that it's out of sight and out of mind for curious housemates. Reserve the first two or three pages of every new journal for privacy protection. On the first page, you could write something like the starting date and a note. This is my personal journal. Please don't read it without my permission. Thank you for respecting my privacy. On the second page, you can write, as I was saying, please don't read. Under this, you can draw a large stop sign. Note that this will not deter anyone who is intent on reading your journal. But a healthy boundary often gives an impulsive reader enough time to close the book. And number six tip for writing, don't fret about your handwriting. I have a very bad handwriting, which I think is very ironic as an occupational therapist. When we work on handwriting with other people, I myself do not have such a good handwriting. But don't fret about your handwriting. If your writing is illegible, that's a great privacy protector. No one is grading or judging you. Obviously, it would be best if you could write to remember what you wrote. But aside from that, make sure you're writing in such a way that people can at least be deterred from being involved. And the question also becomes, lastly, rhodiumminds.com. Why pen and paper? What about a crayon? What about a, a marker? Why the pen and the paper? I think we've, we've talked about this a lot tonight in our Write This, Why Writing Rocks. But pen and paper itself really has its own elements, not just the writing experience itself and the tips for writing itself. Again, to recap those tips, by the way, begin with the date, 
and then move from there. Start small, five minutes a day. Sentence stems today, I want to. I'm thinking about three things I want off my to-do list. Ask yourself a question. How do I feel? What do I need? Don't plan to write every day, though. It would be great to write every day. Protect your privacy. This is my journal. Do not read. Don't fret about your handwriting. So why use the pen and the paper? We're going to wrap up in just a couple of minutes. We're reaching our last topic, our last source together from rhodiumminds.com, R-H-O-D-I-U-M-M-I-N-E-S.com. Why use a pen and paper? It helps you focus. A proven way of avoiding digital distractions, like if you have 19 tabs open like I do, is to block out some time to work with just a pen and a notebook. Of course, without the gadgets, just me and my pen and my journal now. Me and my pen and my journal now. The pen and the notebook, of course, without the gadgets. Pen and the paper aids in learning. Writing with a pen and typing with a keyboard have been said to have different effects on the cognitive process. Many educators have set out to understand this difference through various researchers and experiments. Prominent among the key talking points have been how we process information and its retention. It turns out that writing on paper may actually aid learning, as observed by Pam Muller and Daniel Oppenheimer, and how we talked about and touched before, how this could be the case as well. It is also important for goal setting. Writing with a pen requires more mental energy than typing with a keyboard. It slows you down to think long before writing. Writing your goals this way, as we mentioned before, increases engagement and commitment to the process. It's great for brainstorming and idea development. Thinking on paper is a technique used by many successful people to conceive new ideas and develop existing ones. Writing our ideas on paper allows us to visualize them better, arrange our thoughts in a way that sparks further creativity. The experience you have at your desk with just a pen and a paper is simply personal and inspiring the rest of the world and its distractions are locked away allowing a seamless flow of your imagination in a safe place devoid of judgment it's not a coincidence that most industry leading professionals prefer to sketch their ideas on paper before developing them using it software or other means jk rowling the best-selling author of the best children's series of all time the author of the Harry Potter fantasy series in an interview on Amazon.co.uk talked about how she still does her first draft using a pen and paper. You would imagine the same goes for many other renowned creators and inventors. Writing with a pen and paper helps you remember things. Simply put, if you don't want to forget, write it down. Even for those with the most aidic a tick memory, adic, whatever, even those with the best memory, there comes a point where referencing written materials becomes a necessity. We've all been at the receiving end of the forgotten curve or the forgetting curve at one point or the other. So recording a life-changing idea is not only natural, but a wise thing to do. Also, Great ideas never announce their impending arrival, as they sometimes visit at the oddest places and the strangest times. Can you imagine being on the train when your devices have run out of battery power, and you experience one of those shocking, earth-shattering light bulb moments? Oh my gosh, this is an amazing idea. Oh my gosh, this is an awesome, awesome song. Where's my pen and paper? Oh man, this is a great idea for a podcast. This is a great idea for a life movement, a life idea, an invention, but I have no pen, I have no paper, my phone is dead, my iPad is dead, my tablet, my computer is dead, the idea will then be dead. How sad is that? 
You can only hope you have a notebook in hand to scribble your idea. Always take a notebook and a pen and a paper with you wherever you go. Have one at work. Have one at home. Have one with you if you travel with a backpack or if you're traveling with a briefcase. Have one with you on hand always to scribble your ideas on. Our, our notebook is a personal companion, an extension of our thoughts and imagination, so carrying them around is highly recommended. Writing with pen and paper helps you share complex ideas with clarity. Writing things down on paper allows us leverage the power of visualization, allows us to leverage the power of visualization. We sometimes find ourselves spontaneously generating ideas that are complex and genuinely tricky to describe. And writing on pen and paper helps you think more clearly. Our brain, they say, is like a hard drive. When we write things down, we free our mental RAM, our mental RAM, like we talked about, having those mental tabs open and closing them down to focus. When we write things down, we free our mental RAM and are able to think more clearly. Therefore, we don't have to try to remember everything. Ranging from new ideas to items on a shopping list, we don't have to try to remember everything. Writing is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Writing has so many, 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 many benefits. Not just writing on an exam, not just writing for school. When you're journaling thoughts, you're attempting poetry, you're starting a novel, you want to write down ideas for a lecture, for a podcast, for a sheer, for anything in life, writing is so awesome. It's good for stress relief, for creativity, for memory, for feelings, for gratitude. It makes you happier, clarifies your thinking, it can help you handle hard times, it makes you more grateful. It closes out your mental tabs, it's a proven way to learn. It's leadership at scale. You can communicate with clarity. You can eliminate stress. You can be more productive. You can learn more. You can gain awareness of your reality. You can make better decisions. You'll make better decisions. You can be happier. You can live more focused. You can overcome tough moments faster. You have a lot of written memories. The art of writing has been lost to time. Sit down and write. Sit down and write letters and write how you feel. It's been lost to the ridiculousness. We've we've stopped licking stamps and going to the mailbox. Look at that show, Signed, Sealed, Delivered. Watch that show from Hallmark. It is awesome. Well worth the $2 an episode on Amazon. Well worth it. Really, really good show. They also have many, many movies. And think about how someone who had a loss in life can turn it and make it into a profession, can turn it and write for people and to write about topics or talk about topics. Anyone can learn to write. And don't use that notes app. Write on the actual paper. The study showed how people who handwrite do much better and remember better, especially as a student, but especially in life. It's a way of communication. You learn better and you remember and you retain better when you take notes on paper. We need to use it. We need to remember to take that handwriting personal journal and take it with us wherever we go. Get a couple of them. What are they? Five, ten dollars? What is it? It's going to break the bank. You have one at work, one at home, one with you on the way on the travels. It can make learning easier. can improve memory. It helps you achieve the maximum benefit of journaling. It is similar to meditation. It enhances creative expression. And remember, it also helps you focus. It aids learning. It's important for goal setting. It's great for brainstorming and idea development. It helps you remember things. It helps you share complex ideas with clarity. And it helps you think more clearly. And lastly, when it begins with it, start with the date. Start small. Ask yourself a question. You stands and starters. Today, I'm thinking about. Today, I want to. You don't have to write every day, although it's great to write every day. Protect your privacy. Don't fret about your handwriting. Treat yourself to a journal. If you're a podcaster, 
I love to write. I could find myself a podcast journal. My wife is an author. I could find her an author journal, a teacher journal, a mom journal, a wife journal. There are so many out there. So easy to find pencils these days, and pens these days are very, very affordable. These journals are very affordable. You can really have earth-shattering ideas. You can have earth-changing ideas, but if you don't write it down, it will be lost to the sands of time. It will be lost to the test of time. It won't be here anymore. It will be gone. So get writing today. Write this. Why writing rocks is what we're talking about today. I hope you do write. I hope you get that journal. I hope you journal every day, all the time throughout the week. Hopefully you'll have great ideas, great inventions, and great things that can help the world and change the world. And it all starts with writing today and do it in so many different ways. You can reach me at MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com. Give me that feedback. Give me that positive, wonderful vibes. It's great to hear if the show or any of the podcasts or any of the things I try to do in life help you in any way. I would love to hear that. MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com is the best way to reach me. This is Tani Talks Radio brought to you by Sheer Enjoyment Radio, brought to you by and powered by Radio.com. The Tani Talks podcast, you can be added to the podcast group. On the WhatsApp group, I send out WhatsApps usually Monday to Thursday, and sometimes one on Sunday. It comes one time throughout the day, a couple of podcasts at a time. You can email me at MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com to be added to the group. You can listen to the Tani Talks podcast throughout the week on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or the like. You can listen to us, have the radio show replayed throughout the week on the app, the Sheer Enjoyment Radio app for the 20-plus episodes we've had thank god so far from this season it's looped and you can hear many of the different topics we talk about otherwise this show is mondays at 8 30 eastern standards time join us next time on tani talks radio god willing maybe we'll talk about music the benefits of music playing music and listening to music maybe we'll break it up into different episodes but we try to talk a topic for the week for the audience members to keep here on Tani Talks Radio, brought to you by Sheer Enjoyment Radio, powered by Radio.co. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful week. Have a great night. Take care and be well.